What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and a wise man by the name of Oprah Siverson once said, let's get negative. Today, we're going to get a little bit negative. We're going to talk through five players that I am not drafting at all right now in 2023 fantasy football. These are five players that you can let your friends in your home league draft for you. These are guys that I am avoiding at all costs right now at their current prices. So with all that being said, we're going to get into five players that I'm avoiding in fantasy drafts this year. If you enjoy, make sure down below, subscribe, leave a like. Let's go. Now, the premise of this video are guys that I'm under market on on underdog. So the first player we're going to talk about is Devonta Smith. Now, the drafted percent here is this is through 180 teams for me. I have drafted him on 0.6% of my teams. That is just one time I have drafted Devonta Smith. He's going at the back end of the second round right now as the wide receiver 13 on underdog. Now, by the way, if you're watching this video and you're like, Ron, you're an idiot. You should be scooping up all of the Devonta Smith. Well, go out there. You can also put your money where your mouth is. My money is where my mouth is. 0.6% drafted in 180 teams. I am putting my money on the line here on underdog fantasy so if you think that Devonta Smith is the guy you want to draft or if you just want to try out underdog fantasy in general make sure you check it out use promo code Ron they will match your first deposit up to $100 I'll have a link in the description and pinned at the top of the comment section down below you can go on there prepare for your home league and you can see Devonta Smith is going to go as a late second but your home league Devonta Smith might be like a, a mid to late third so you can kind of gauge some values and get a feel for what a draft room looks like when real money is on the line and there's sharp drafters in the room, and then carry that to your home league where there's going to be inefficient ADPs on like ESPN and Yahoo and all of these sites, and you can kind of get a feel for what a draft room should look like so you can look up and see screaming values on the board. So with that being said, let's talk through why I'm so low on Devonta Smith. And as somebody like myself who preaches a lot of 0RB and just not drafting too many running backs early in general, round two is kind of where things balance out. Now, this is from, we, we've been mentioning this. We're going to be mentioning it. We've mentioned it the last two years. We're going to be mentioning it this offseason a ton. Pat Corrine had a great article. We had him on the channel last week going through early round drafting. If you're going to take a running back early, they need to have upside higher than a wide receiver because in these first three rounds, running backs are, draft, are, are busting at a much higher rate. These are players with a sub-5% win rate. Your base win rate is going to be about 8.3%, which is also going to be your base drafted rate. So, Devonta Smith is 0.6% of my teams. A normal player should be about 8.3%. So I'm very underweight. Like in general, you should be drafting a player once every 12 drafts in a perfect world. So I'm way underweight on Devonta Smith. And we can see here, sub 5% win rate, round one, running backs way above wide receivers here. Over 40% of running backs are busting in round one. Same thing for round three. But round two has been a really weird trend where round two, running backs and wide receivers are just as risky as each other. We've kind of seen the last few years where round two wide receivers haven't been great. You had uh, 2021 Calvin Ridley. You had like Hopkins before that. I'm trying to think of the round two wide receivers from last year, but they're not great bets historically. I think like Mike Evans was, and he wasn't a great bet. They're not great bets historically. Like in the second round, for whatever reason, your wide receiver isn't a much safer pick than running back. And with Devonta Smith, he feels like a wide receiver that I just can't take ahead of all the running backs to go around him. He's in a range where you can take Tony Pollard and Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor and Saquon Barkley. I'm taking all of those guys over Devonta Smith. To me, Devonta Smith, him paying off is really tough. Now, again, Devonta Smith was on some of my best teams last year. We won fifth place in a huge contest with Devonta Smith on that team. We were all in on this Eagles offense. The issue is is that Jalen Hurts was like a sixth round pick and Devonta Smith was a seventh and A.J. Brown was a third. And now we have the ADP 
AJ Brown is a first, Jalen Hurts is a second, Devonta Smith is a second, and this is a team that was 23rd in pass attempts last year. So now they are all priced up towards their ceiling. I'm still drafting AJ Brown, I'm still drafting Jalen Hurts, but it's really tough for me to buy into Devonta Smith because he had about 15 points per game last year. He flirted with wide receiver one numbers, and I don't know how he takes that next step forward. He had a 27% target share last year. That's really, really high. AJ Brown had a 29%. This is a lower volume passing offense. I don't know how he takes that next step without an AJ Brown injury. This team isn't going to pass a ton. Their defense is amazing. Their team is good. They have a run-heavy offense. Or not run-heavy, but when you have Jalen Hurts, you can be top 10 in dropbacks and still be under league average in total pass attempts just because of how many dropbacks are going to turn into rush attempts with Jalen Hurts. And then also in the red zone, you're having Jalen Hurts in this run game steal a lot of those red zone touchdowns. So it gets tough to kind of see the true ceiling. And the issue is, is when you have a guy like Devonta Smith, I think he's a fine bet for 15 points per game. But if your second round pick is just a 15 point per game wide receiver, it's going to be really tough. It's going to be like, that's not a league-winning asset that's just a kind of not a replaceable wide receiver too but that was kind of like Amari Cooper production last year uh that was kind of like what Mike Evans and Chris Godwin did but Tyler Lockett has been doing each of the last four years and you can get him in the sixth round so I just think that there's profiles that can sort of give you 15 points per game later like you can get Debo and Calvin Ridley in the mid to late third as well so paying up for similar production there when there's a lot of good running backs on the board I just can't get there when it comes to Devonta Smith. I can't stress enough, he's a talented player. He looks amazing. But just in the context of this offense, he's priced up really, really high here. And that's why I don't have him on a lot of teams. Now, the next player we have here is Kenneth Walker. He is only on 1.1% of my teams through 180 drafts. And this one is tough for me. I, I can't get there on Kenneth Walker because I think them drafting Zach Charbonnet in the second round, which is a really, really big investment. Think of all the running backs of years past where a second round running back gets drafted uh, and you already have the incumbent there, right? Like I'm thinking through some of them in my head, uh, like DeAndre Swift and Carry On Johnson was there. Not that that's what's going to happen to Kenneth Walker, but it's not a great sign that they just spent a second round pick on a running back. And the issue for me is we need touchdowns and receptions to realize upside in the NFL. Kenneth Walker came in with receiving questions and he has not answered any of them to this point. He is a good pure rusher, but in terms of receptions, they haven't been there. He had 1.8 receptions per game last year, 50th among uh, all NFL running backs with seven or more games played. Just really not great. And the issue is he didn't catch passes in college. So it's tough to, after one year of not catching passes, you can't really project him to catch passes. So then we have Zach Charbonnet, who gets drafted in the second round. Big boy draft capital. He can catch passes, right? We look here. 14.5% college target share. I believe that's like above the 90th percentile. Seven college yards per carry. He is somebody that profiles like a David Montgomery, a James Conner, where he is going to take what is blocked for him and give you that. He's a very steady Eddie running back. And in the context of real-life football, he compliments Kenneth Walker very well, but I think the issue is that Zach Charbonnet is going to take the touches we care about for fantasy, where Kenneth Walker is 5'9", 209, and had the second-worst success rate last year on a per-attempt basis. He's a boom-bust runner. Success rate overall, running backs of 100-plus attempts. He was second-last in the entire NFL, smack-dab between James Robinson and Michael Carter. That's really not good. Now, of course, he's a good running back. He's going to break off a lot of home runs, but on third and two or fourth and inches, that's not the running back you want. You don't want the guy who's going to give you minus three or not get the hole that's blocked. or You know you don't want the home run hitter in that area. You want the home run hitter between the 20s on early downs. And that's not a role that we want, right? That's kind of like Miles Sanders last year, like a late RB2. I want that league-winning upside. And when you bring a guy in like Zach Charbonnet, who is going to profile this guy who's going to catch passes, and if not Zach Charbonnet, then it'll be Kenny McIntosh in terms of 
third down, long down and distance running backs. And when they get in close on the goal line, Charbonnet is a steadier running back on a you know play-to-play basis, and he's bigger, right? He's six foot, 214 pounds, whereas Kenneth Walker is 5'9", 209. On the BMI, I think Kenneth Walker is going to beat him in, but when it comes to that goal line situation, you're going to want the bigger framed back who is more consistent on a per-play basis. So when you get squeezed in touchdowns and receptions, the two things we really need for fantasy upside, you're just buying an RB2 that's going to probably hover around 15 points per game, and that's a really replaceable asset in fantasy so it's why i haven't been drafting him. there's wide receivers there i really like where you have like jsn and tyler lockett and you have mike evans in that area you have jordan addison and you have kyle pitts in that area so there's just a lot of players that i would rather take now kenneth walker goes off the board as rb16 he goes in like the fifth round similar story here with a guy like miles sanders who i've only drafted 3.9 percent of so again 8.3 percent is about on market so i'm about half of that with miles sanders now when we look at miles sanders again Similar profile here. And the reason why I don't value these running backs, and something we're going to get into this season or offseason, we'll talk through the dead zone. But this is a great tweet that still holds up today uh, from the 2021 season. I actually, I might DM Jacob and see if he can uh, make a similar tweet to this that kind of looks through last year. But you can match those 15 point per game running backs, which is what Kenneth Walker, Miles Sanders profile as. Not league winning 20 plus point per game guys, but more 15 point per game, you know, high end RB2s, which are kind of the like, luxury picks in fantasy especially in managed leagues when you can just play the waiver wire uh and grab running backs where he showed in 2021 again so this wasn't 2022 it was 2021 but just in a given season you can usually find running backs off waivers or in the super late rounds that can contribute at the same level as those guys so in 2021 chubb had 15.2 points per game montgomery 15 points per game jake was 14.9 and you can match those weeks where devonta booker had 15.8 points per game from weeks five through nine darrell williams 17.8 points per game over a five game stretch deonta foreman 14.1 quarterback Patterson over the entire year 14.5 Elijah Mitchell 15 go before that you can go James Robinson if you want to go to just in 2022 you have like Khalil Herbert and Jeff Wilson and Jarek McKinnon and there were a bunch of guys you could start over a given weekly you know spot and do fairly well with uh so paying up for these RB2 profiles is tough for me when they're pretty they're pretty much the most replaceable asset in all of fantasy right? It, 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 it's so deflating to a team. If you draft Miles Sanders in the sixth round and I can match your sixth round pick with a guy that I got in like the 12th round or off waivers, it's really tough. But I can give you one thing. I'm not going to be able to replicate whatever JSN does down the stretch or what Tyler Lockett can do on a week-to-week basis in the 12th round or off waivers. It's much harder to replace those wide receiver weeks. And it's also not as obvious, right? When we're looking here, right? When, uh, you know, last year, David Montgomery goes down, Khalil Herbert, very obvious. You start him, right? The starter goes down. You then start the backup. When it comes to wide receivers, you know, Justin Jefferson could go down tomorrow, and it doesn't really necessarily raise up K.J. Osborne any, you know? Same thing with, like, the Chiefs. Like, Kadarius Tony goes down. It doesn't mean Marcus Valdez-Scaling is now, like, a wide receiver one. You can go across the board with that. It's just not how it works. So when they are very easily replaceable running backs, whereas, like, wide receivers and tight ends aren't the same way, I want to piece together the position. And we talk about Miles Sanders just in terms of, like, his player profile – he, to me, is a very clear high-end RB2 dead zone profile in the backup projection that I don't like to draft. These are profiles I want to avoid. He's sort of being propped up right now because people think he goes to the Carolina and they don't really have a great backfield and he should be the, like, three-down workhorse back. The thing is that it's not going to be a good offense. And last year we saw he had over 1,200 rushing yards, 11 rushing touchdowns, and he was still just the RB21 in points per game. 
He hasn't seen over 30 receptions since his first year. He has not been, he has never been a three down bell cow during his entire career. Thinking that he's now going to step in in year five into a new scheme and just all of a sudden be propped up, I think it's a dangerous proposition. Uh, we see as well, Chuba Hubbard is a talented back drafted in the fourth round. He had a great college profile coming out of Oklahoma State. You have Raheem Blackshear. These are all guys where you see across the league, you know, your J.D. McKissicks of the world and your, um, your, of course, like your Jarek McKinnons. And even if you want to go down to like Travis Homers and DJ Dallas's, Rex Burkhead's, these third down backs, they come out of nowhere. They're sort of scrubs, but there's just certain backs that teams prefer in those situations. And there's a good chance that Miles Sanders isn't that guy. He might not get this three-down workhorse role, and even if he does, the yards per carry is going to go down on this bad offense, right? You have a rookie quarterback, which is going to be really tough for the entire offense. They didn't surround him with weapons. His wide receiver one is like Adam Thielen. Uh, it's not going to be a really productive offense. So his touchdowns here, like 11 touchdowns, that's going to go way down. He's never scored more than six in a given season until he was on the Eagles last year, which had one of the greatest rushing attacks in NFL history. And then 1,269 rushing yards, that's going to go down as well. They're not going to have positive game scripts. They're not going to have efficient running lanes because of a, a Jalen Hurts quarterback that's like, you know, freezing linebackers inside the box. That's not going to be there for him. So the receptions might go up. And even if they do give him a third down roll, there isn't a world to me where Miles Sanders can break through that 15 point per game barrier into like 16, 17, 18 and be a true difference maker in fantasy. So for that reason, he's a very easy fade for me in fantasy football. Now, after that, we have George Pickens, a guy I'm not drafting much of 3.9% of my teams have George Pickens right now. Again, 8.3% is the base rate here. And he is going as the wide receiver 39 around like the seventh round right now. And like that 77 range. And I just can't get there with Pickens. He had an unspectacular last year. Again, I love Pickens, the prospect. I loved him. The prospect, it was almost too much love as a prospect, uh, having over guys like Olave, uh, which was a clear mistake at the time. The thing is, is that what he did last year doesn't inspire anything from me to want to bet on him in year two like we look at last year the uh world famous rookie wide receiver report here 14.5 percent targets per hour run that's worth in like sky Moore and romeo dobbs and worse than alec pierce like his numbers versus alec pierce's isn't that much different 14.5 percent targets per hour run awful 1.38 yards per hour run really bad 69.3 pff grade under a guy like sky Moore. like it's just really not good across the board again there was nothing that was super inspiring from what he did last year and even when i plug him into my year two comps database it's a really wide range i kept it really wide because it's tough like his pff grade is like it's just all mid across the board and there's plenty of profiles that look like this now on the high end maybe he is you know kenny galladay to me is kind of his ceiling uh, Kenny Galladay, Will Fuller's, you know, I, I don't know that he ever commands a crazy target share, but he'll be downfield. He makes spectacular catches all the time. But you also have some really bad downside cases of like, you know, uh, Torrey Smith and like Cortland Sutton and Corey Coleman. And it, it's just not it, like it's not a super sexy list with like a crazy upside payoff, right? There's not a single top five season in this entire list of wide receivers that he can kind of compare through compared to through two years. And then we sort of fast forward to this year, right? So there's nothing talent wise that I really want to bet on with him. And then we fast forward to this year, and he's getting squeezed for targets. You have a legit – say what you want about Deontay Johnson. He wasn't great for fantasy last year. He wasn't scoring touchdowns. He's probably going to be fine for fantasy. But when it comes to commanding volume, he is a high target share guy. He had a 27% target share last year. You also have Fryermuth who's coming into his own. You have Najee Harris who has had like 80-plus targets in a given season before. And you have Pickens where he's taking whatever's left over, and he's also in the area of the field that isn't Kenny Pickett's strength. George Pickens last year had the third highest ADOT 
among all wide receivers at 15.6 yard a dot while Kenny Pickett had 49.1% of his attempts in the 0 to 9 yard range which was fourth highest in the NFL Kenny Pickett is not going to throw it 20 plus yards downfield on a George Pickens you know bomb or anything on top of that Kenny Pickett on 47 attempts of 20 or more yards last year his a dot was 25.7 yards which was dead last next to Mike White and Davis Mills. So even on the, the deep shots that are going 20 yards downfield, they're still not really going far. And that's a big issue because George Pickens wins in the deep areas of the field. Kenny Pickett cannot get him the ball there. And then also you have this Matt Canada offense that continues to run George Pickens only on vertical routes that doesn't really match up with Kenny Pickett's skill set. So you have a, a bad scheme. You have a bad skill fit in terms of quarterback to George Pickens, which is really tough. And I think Matt Harmon on Recession Perception, make sure you check out RecessionPerception.com. They do amazing, amazing stuff. Matt Harmon, I uh, just want to make sure I give him a full, you know, shout here. But he showed George Pickens last year, and he wasn't great. I mean, 34th percentile versus man, uh, 69th percentile versus press is, like, decent. But, like, he was only good on those vertical routes. That 32.4% nine route is absolutely absurd. He ran a crate. They are just essentially making him run wind sprints uh, in the Steelers offense. And he only gets, like, he's not getting open on the curls and the comebacks and the slants. He's not really good in that area of the field. He's only good in the deep sections of the field, which again, isn't Kenny Pickett's strong suit. And he even had a little bit of a blurb here, uh, Matt Harmon, kind of talking through that. He said, if you're looking to explain away Pickens' poor success rate, you can point to the incredible vertical nature of his routes. He ran a nine on a whopping 32.4% of his sampled routes. A nine route is a vertical, just like go, you know, just a streak down the field. Uh, and he said, that is nuts. Anything over 30% is borderline unreasonable. When you also add that he ran a corner on nearly 10% of his routes, it's really wild how the Steelers didn't add more diversity to his route tree. Pickens got next to no work going over the middle. The slant dig and post made up less than a quarter of his routes. You almost never see this at the NFL level. I've often said this Matt Canada's offense is my least favorite designed unit in the NFL and offers some of the worst route combinations to its wideouts. This is what I'm talking about. It's all go routes, curls, and comebacks. If you're looking for a reason why all these receivers show up poorly in a variety of meaningless efficiency metrics, look no further. Now, I wouldn't go as far to say, you know, regards route running stuff is a meaningless efficiency metric, but it just goes to show like last year was a disaster for Pickens in terms of his route uh, diversification. Matt Canada is still there, so we can't we can't be like, oh, that was just last year. He's going to get better now, right? He's going to have a more diverse route tree. It's like he's going to be playing that same downfield receiver in Matt Canada's offense with Kenny Pickett throwing the football. So it's just like his skill set just really does, it, it's a horrible match uh, for what this offense is. Like he's almost a decoy within this offense. So it's really tough for me when we're we have to take him. You know, you have to take Quentin John or you have to take George Pickens over Quentin Johnson, which I can't do. Jahan Dotson, Jordan Addison. Uh, Mike Evans in that area. There's just a lot of guys that I would rather have. I think Kyle Pitts goes in that area as well. He's just not a guy I'm clicking the button on a ton. Unless if I have like correlation or, or something. And, and I guess he's a little bit better in best ball as a downfield guy who can maybe get some spike weeks. But in terms of like week to week starting him in a managed league, uh, I, I don't really see it when it comes to pickings. Now the last player we'll talk about is a guy who goes pretty late here. We have Chig Okonkwo. Uh, he's on 2.8% of my team so far. And I like him in Dynasty. I think he's a good player. Uh, but it's just really tough to pay this price for me. Uh, he's going at like tight end 12, and he goes uh, he goes in this range, which is like what, like pick 134. So he's going to go, and it's like around like 12th round. And it's tough. I would prefer Dolchich a lot more than him. I prefer Rondale. I prefer uh, Dalton Schultz over him. I prefer Jalen Warren and Tank Bigsby, Mingo, Rashi Rice. Like, these are all bets I'd rather make uh, than Chigo Conquil. If he was like maybe two rounds or three rounds cheaper, 
uh, I'd be fine with him as like a flyer, but there's still some good players in this range. And this is a guy who wasn't a great prospect. He's undersized. Uh, he was a day three pick. Feels a lot like Albert Okwagbunum, where his route participation was like, or like I think he only ran like 30% of the routes. Like it's not a big sample of volume here uh, to go off. And projecting a year two tight end when when tight ends really take a while to progress, it gets pretty tough. And also, I always bring this up. And I think Cooper, uh, I think Andrew Cooper on Twitter, uh, Coop a fiasco, uh, does great work with tight ends. And he pretty much, I always bring this up, but he pretty much says uh, there's only been two tight ends from, I believe, like, I think he says pretty much like 2020 to like 2014. I'm trying to see right now. Uh, but pretty much he says you need to be a top two target on your team or else it's pretty tough. He said two, only two tight ends that were in the top five over a seven-year span from 14 to 2020. We're not a top two target on their team, Martellus Bennett and Robert Tanyan. So you have to sun run touchdowns, which is going to be tough in an offense. It's a low-volume offense, probably not a great offense in the Titans. Like, you're going to need that Robert Tanyan 2020 season with, like, 11 touchdowns uh, to really pay off. And I think it's a thin bet here. And then you also have Traylon Burks. And you have DeAndre Hopkins now. Okonkwo is going to be third on the target podium, or totem pole in a decent offense at best, but low volume passing offense. So you're really betting on a ton of efficiency here. I think it's a tough bet. Like I, I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any way for Okonkwo to really burn me either. Like I, I don't know what his like highest range of outcomes looks like. Where I'm like, man, I really regret uh, passing on Okonkwo because I'm just not sure that that's in his range. So those are five players that I'm not drafting. Five players for you guys to let. I don't know what I'm going to title this video. It's going to be something stupid. But those are five players you can let your dumb league mates draft in 2023 those are guys that i have been fading all year long i'll give you i'll keep you guys updated if i like change my stance on any of them but i don't think i will uh like we made that video with javante that i changed my stance on uh but we'll see uh as always hope you guys enjoyed again if you're new on underdog if you're mad at me for any of these picks i'm putting my money where my mouth is all right i'm not just an analyst hopping on here and telling you these are five guys i don't like these are five guys that i'm not drafting and if they do well it's going to hurt me monetarily so if you disagree or if you agree and you want to fade these players as well make sure you check out underdog fantasy again they are the biggest sponsor of this channel they are one of the reasons we keep the light on here in the basement make sure you use promo code ron supports the channel it supports me they match your deposit up to 100 dollars. your first deposit there i have a link in the description in the comment section down below you click it it takes you right there it uses my promo code it matches your deposit up to 100 dollars. you can get in on the fun draft some of these teams you can hop in the low stakes get a feel for what these draft rooms feel like and get a ton of practice in for your homies so i'm telling you guys i've done 180 drafts so far that's not even counting the drafts i did before the draft i've seen the draft from every angle i've drafted from every spot i've seen the draft from every angle i know where players are going i have such a feel for the draft room right now that that's why i'm already doing these high stakes streams because i i do feel confident enough in feeling out a draft room and just kind of the pockets right now from all the practice I've done on Underdog that I feel like I'm at the top of my game in late July right now. So if you want to be at the top of your game as well, make sure you check out Underdog Fantasy. As always, if you enjoy, leave a like, subscribe, and I will see you guys in the next one.